Hello and welcome to Poetry Non-Stop. I'm Patrick Widdis and I hope you're all keeping safe and warm in the depths of winter. But what better time to curl up and listen to a podcast? I'm delighted to bring you one of the UK's most entertaining performance poets, Harry Baker. Harry is a World Slam champion who has won fans far and wide with his wit, humour and cunning wordplay. I caught up with him at the Norwich Arts Centre before he performed his latest show, Unashamed to a Packed House. Here he is covering the history of mankind in his poem, A to Z, performed from memory in one take. First there was nothing. I'm talking nothing but nothing, then there was something. In amongst that nothing was something. And some things, some are split into some things, and some things even managed to become things. So take Adam. Adam was added up out of atoms. Before that, it was black and barren, then it became big and banging out of the chaos, can countless crazy complex patterns, and then dun dun dun, dinosaurs happened. Through evolution, everything's edited every day. That's how we fine tune finesse and then finally find our way. Just as the galaxies have gotten to gear, the game changed because hip hip hooray, homo sapiens game. And we invent, imagine, inspire, and innovate. We've journeyed from jamming in caves to jamming jam in a cake. That knack for knowledge knitted and knotted away like silent caves. We learn the language of living, often a little late. We make music. We manoeuvre mathematical methods. We've noticed and noted the nodes of our own neural networks, overflowing, outpouring, open mics to operatics. We are the port presented purported in pepperoni packets. Because we question, from quick quizzes to quantum quarks. Revolutions of the heart to renaissances of art, you see, scriptures and science seek signs of the sublime, meanwhile through trees trickles the entirety of time. A universe is unfinished but utterly underway. Its vibrancy vibrates via ventricles, valves and veins, you see, we wonder and we wonder. We explore and we explain. We yearn for what is yonder as we zoom out into space, we can forget that we were not the first to be here. By any stretch, we will not be the last to leave. And whilst we can't control our history or know our distant future, we can make the most of what might lie between. We can be kind and we can accept the kindness of others. The world shows us what we allow ourselves the time to discover we can listen, truly listen to it in other person's needs. Not just wait until they've stopped talking to take our turn to speak. We can be brave enough to try and make all kinds of mistakes. We can be playful because what is a life without play? We can remind ourselves each day it's not too late for new beginnings when a single moment can have the whole universe within it. So when we zoom out, we realise how small it becomes. So either none of it matters, or all of it does. From atoms, big bang, chaos, dinosaurs, evolution. The fine-tuning of the galaxies to humans. Imagine that journey of knowledge through language and music to overflow with the poetry of quantum evolution. As the sublime trickles through the universe's veins, we wander, explore, yearn, and zoom out once again. So when we zoom out, we realise how small it becomes. So either none of this matters, or all of it. Great. Uh, Excellent poem there. It's quite a simple idea, the A to Z poem, but you've made it into something very elaborate. How did you start off with that poem? I think it came from this sense of playfulness. I was putting together a show around poetry and maths because I I studied maths at uni and I now do poetry full-time. For a long time, told myself to do a separate thing, but we're trying to find things that they do have in common. And I think one thing that stood out for me is this idea of patterns and connection and trying to slot things into place. And for me, if you're playing around with something like alliteration, if you can 
say what you want to say in that way, it feels like solving some kind of equation almost. And so I think that's how it started. But I think to, to find those patterns and connections, you have to let yourself be playful. And this felt like a very playful thing to do. Uh, I'm not sure I, I knew this at the time, but I think it was, you know, there's, there's a few like hip hop tracks that do something similar going through the alphabet. And so it feels like as a lyricist, it's almost a, a rite of passage as a thing to try. Having that framework then lets you kind of hang something off it. And so once I started doing it, because it was Atoms and the Big Bang, it felt like it would be fun to then try and kind of go through the universe at the same time. And then it becomes something hopefully bigger than just playing around with the words. Yeah, I thought it makes uh, real sense to do that A to Z thing when you're doing this poem, which to an extent sort of uh, encompasses everything. Yeah. But so was it first, you know, you were playing with this form and then you got the idea of the poem to work within that? Yeah, and I think often my poems start off with a, a spark or an idea or an image that I'm playing around with. And then it's once you immerse yourself in that world almost that the the wider narrative or, or bigger ideas can come through. And so I think what I love about this poem is it starts off hopefully very impressive with the language and, and going quickly with the alliteration. And then once you get to Z, then you can take a breath and open out. And I think with any kind of formal structure, part of the joy of it is you can choose to sit within it and then you can choose to, to go beyond it and play around with it. So this felt like a nice way of, of dipping in and out of the, I guess, the kind of nerdy technicality as well as the broader philosophical ideas. Yeah, and um, you have these very long and intricate poems. How long does it take to uh, put them together? And when, when do you know they're finished? it really varies I think once I've got that initial idea it then feels very exciting and fluid almost and so I'll, I'll write down loads of stuff and that'll be in the course of could be a few days could be a few weeks however long it takes and then it feels like it's a, a sense of that editing process and, and slotting things into place and, and trying to make it flow and that process involves speaking out loud and seeing how it feels and where it wants to go next almost. In terms of when it feels finished, I've been thinking about that a lot because there's quite a few poems that I wrote during lockdown and got to a point where it, it felt like they were finished, but I wasn't able to share them with an audience in that way. So I kind of put them online as an interim thing but it's only really now that I am touring around doing these shows that those poems feel like they've they've reached the point they were intended for. And so I think for me, my poem's finished when I'm able to share it with an audience and feel like it has done what it's trying to do, or it's been understood. So it might be that I finished a poem, I try it out, it doesn't quite land, and so I'll go in and edit it a bit more. But I think it's almost in the the final handing over of the poem to an audience, that it feels like it's ready to stand by itself. Almost. Yeah, yeah, performing is uh, great to get that instant reaction yeah. from your audience. Um, we always uh, 
have a writing exercise on this podcast. Uh, I think people can probably guess what that is in your case. Yes, I almost chose this poem because it felt like a Viennese's exercise. But I think as, as simple as going through the alphabet and picking something for each letter, but I think especially encouraging that, that sense of play and, and seeing where it goes. And I think one thing I've, I've been playing around with a lot is how when we put these constraints upon ourselves or our writing, it can then force us to be creative in new ways and, and hopefully it then becomes an expansive thing. So the writing exercise is probably not a surprise, but it would be to, to write an alliterative poem from A through to Z and to see... I guess, how much you can push the form within that. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's a great one for anyone because it can be as simple or complicated as you like and, you know, even just as an exercise to break writer's block. Yeah, and it could be a word for each thing, it could be a rhyming, it could be not. And, and I think, again, what I love with this is I've, I've done stuff in primary schools with kids who love trying to fill out that list and try and see what they can get in those spots. So I think, again, if you can see it as a almost like a game, that, for me, whenever I get writer's block, feels like how I get out of it, is to play around and try and take the pressure off. And then, inevitably, it, it will snowball into something at some point. Yeah, if I had to go myself, I haven't uh, got around to writing a full poem yet. But um, I just started doing like an animal alphabet, yes. which is simple, Amazing. but yeah. you can have a lot of fun with it. So I'll just do the first few lines I've written so far. Alligators acting to an audience of androids. Buffalo in bow ties baking biscuits for bonobos. Cockatiels chatting to a camel in Chicago. Dinosaurs and DJs dancing daintily with dingoes. Elephants explaining elocution to an emu. <laughs> love that and again I think within the alphabet you've then picked a smaller theme of animals and again that sort of focuses it and, and gives it a natural place to go so yeah love that yeah, yeah. and um, as you said once you, you put those constraints on yourself you start uh, using language and putting words together which in ways you might not have thought of exactly. otherwise exactly so, yeah, uh, I hope you'll be inspired to try writing something. And as always, uh, do send it in and uh, we'll hopefully share it at some point. But um, you're here at the Norwich Arts Centre to yes. perform your show. Um, how's that going? I'm so excited to be back here. I think this is the venue where I did my first gig after various lockdowns, when it didn't have to be socially distanced anymore. And so there were, it was a real milestone moment, but also even in that time, there was there was a nervousness of being in those spaces together and we weren't used to it and, and we were still wearing masks. And so what I found on this tour so far is it has been just completely euphoric to be back on that stage and, and sharing stuff with people. And I think it's partly being in these spaces that, that we haven't been able to, to fill in that same way for a long time. But also I think it's that I've had a few years to, to work on this stuff and, and on the book that's out alongside it. So to be able to, to share stuff that feels both personal, but also, I guess, 
thought through and like it's been wanting to be shared for a long time just feels like such a joy and one of my favorite things about doing these shows has been getting to meet people in the intervals and afterwards and having that human connection alongside it as well because I, I love sharing my poems but I love also getting to to meet the people who come to the gigs and that side of things too yeah and I think you've got some poems that were written in lockdown yeah it wasn't intended to be a show about lockdown or COVID but it just was such a massive part of our lives and I think I'm I'm coming to terms now with the fact that there's no there's no end point to what we've gone through it's it's sort of merged back into some kind of normality but I think it was massive and it affected everyone in a different way but it was such a huge thing and I don't think we necessarily had a chance to acknowledge how huge it has been because we've been adapting and trying to get on with it and so for me part of writing this show is is I'm only able to to share these poems with a sense of looking back on on how difficult it was to be unable to do this thing that I love doing and unable to connect with people in that way because it's such a a life-giving thing for me but also to try and share some poems of of hope and optimism in amongst that and try and think where are we now and how are we looking forward and so what I love about doing it is that it feels like there is scope for funny poems and amongst that as well as more heartfelt poems and I think previously I would have try to combine the two and have it be a bit funny and a bit sad and a bit this and that whereas actually I think now it feels like such a valuable thing to push each of those emotions to its extremes so there's points where it's really silly and I love doing that there's a sing-along moment of a song I wrote in German that I wrote at a point where I couldn't perform it so this feels like such a, a joyful thing to be able to get people to join in with something that is purely just for the fun of it but also there's poems that feel more vulnerable than I've ever been in front of people and that's because we've been through this massive shell shocking thing and so I think it's trying to both acknowledge that and celebrate the fact that we are here and and trying to to muddle through yeah, it was such a big, overwhelming thing to sort of approach and to kind of find what you want to say about it, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I think like many people, I thought <laughs> being stuck at home for however long would be a great chance to write and be creative. But actually, a lot of it, I felt unable to do that because there was so much uncertainty and anxiety and amongst that that a lot of my mental capacity and creative energy was just going towards trying to cope with the the day-to-day nature of it and so I think it's only now coming through that and and looking back and trying to give myself a chance to to process this huge thing that I do feel able to pick some of those things out that at the time felt completely normal and and looking back you realise how unusual it was to be in those situations 
Andrew, we've uh, talked about writing, but what about uh, performing? How have you developed as a performer? I feel a lot more comfortable holding the space. And I think partly through doing gigs on Zoom, which, again, was better than nothing, but to be honest, was so difficult because you don't get anything back. And so you're throwing all of yourself out there, sometimes for like a good hour to just a screen. And sometimes you'll get some smiling faces, but often everyone's on mute. You can barely see what people are doing. And I've realised how much of a two-way thing it is to, to perform my poems. And so on the one hand, I think I've got better at holding the space without having anything back because you have to and so that develops your storytelling ability and the trying to put people at ease and not be as needy for a response but also I think the other extreme of that is is really celebrating what it means to be in a room with people and so to be able to make a room full of people laugh or or feel something as a collective experience feels even more precious now than it has done so I think I have as a performer have got more comfortable with both of those extremes that I don't feel the need to uh, halfway through a really thoughtful poem ease the tension with a joke just to check that everyone's still there I think I'm able to sit in those spaces longer and then it feels richer when you do want to do something lighter as well. Yeah. And um, are there any other writers or performers that have influenced you? Yeah, I think in lots of, in lots of different ways. I think in terms of performance poetry, I find it massively inspiring seeing other performers, and that's something that I uh, really missed as well, not having that community to tap in with, and so. Someone I've always loved is is Holly McNeish and the way that she can be political and funny and serious and clever and everything all at once. And it feels like what ties that together is her just being very true to who she is and what she wants to say. And that's something that I try and do in my work. And I think I find her as inspiring as a person and the way that she goes about her work as I do as a performer so she's always someone I've looked up to in that respect yeah yeah I've known Holly uh, uh, since the early days of her career yeah. and I uh, think I was the first person to put her on the radio when I was doing a yeah. community radio in Amazing. Cambridge and I think she's really intentional in the way she goes about stuff and I think that's always made me think about how I want to go about stuff. So, yeah, she's she's a massive influence. I think also, uh, I mean, other poets that I really love, uh, Helen Seymour is based in Kent, uh, where I live, and seeing her perform recently, I just think she's a fantastic writer, and I worry that I have a tendency to want to over-explain everything and tell everyone what I'm doing and why. And seeing her perform and realising that you can tell an audience as much as you want to. And I think she's brilliant and she's very funny and very surreal and 
very powerful and yeah, she's someone that's amazing. And then equally in terms of influences during lockdown, I watched, you know, Bo Burnham's special and that's him writing comedy songs whilst dealing with his own mental health and how to be creative in a setting like that. And so I think I also try and be inspired by stuff outside of my immediate world. And so I love listening to music. I think uh, I really like Stormzy's latest album, Self-Esteem, I really like as a lyricist. So I think, yeah, there's lots of different influences there. Yeah, and um, have you got any other projects coming up? Currently, I'm trying to just enjoy doing this because I've looked forward to it for so long. And I think there is sometimes a tendency to have already clocked out and be thinking about the next thing. Whereas I'm trying to make the most of every single gig that I'm doing because it just feels such a a joy and a, and a gift to be able to be doing this. Um, so I think what's going to happen is once this tour's finished in kind of late February, uh, I'm probably going to look at putting on some stuff more locally in Margate where I live. Um, but also, like my, my book is out now and that has been eight years in the, in the making. So it came out in October and, you know, I'm, I'm doing this show alongside it and that feels really good, but I also feel like I want to give that a bit of space to breathe as well so I think that's kind of going to be the be the thing for the next however many months is, is still doing gigs where I can getting to do the poems that are in the book and, and celebrate that in another way right um, and uh, you said you had a, a poem to finish yes. with so this poem is called Unashamed and it's the name of the book and it's the name of the show so it feels like you've gone to do and it came from a conversation during lockdown with a musician friend who was having a similar experience to me. His, his world had shrunk in a big way and he was talking about feeling like he had to edit himself based on who he was around. And I think for me, I get so much from from being able to share my poems with people and it really fills me up. And I think... I've thought about this idea of, of fitting in for a long time, but I'm more excited now about filling out and trying to be the the best versions of ourselves that we can be. So I kind of wrote this coming out of that conversation. Uh, and I guess that's... It's not your job to make sure others feel more comfortable. You need not dull your glow in the hope they might see. You need not water down your core to be more palatable. May you be the you that you need you to be unashamed. We cannot help how others see us, though we may well try our hardest. How we see ourselves can free ourselves to be ourselves regardless. Home is where you can be open-hearted. Whether trapped or trapeze artist all comes down to how we're harnessed and trying to free my roots. Like playing past the parcel packed with parsnips when the music stops and no one's watching. Will you keep on dancing? Let us decorate and garnish any reputations tarnished because despite it all I still fancy our chances. Let us not file away our edges in an effort to be smooth. When the records show the dents of how we get into that groove, all that energy invested in the editing of you, I hope one day you'll let it loose and let me be there when you do. Because in the moment when your guard slipped for a second or two, I could have sworn I caught a glimpse and I saw heaven in you. Unashamed. 
The only time I'll know that you've lost weight is shedding expectations. Unless it's Senator Organa, there's no point adopting layers when the heart of you is the part of you that's blazing. And others may have tried to hide your light. You may have joined in this yourself, but joy of joys, the joy of joys, it shall not be overwhelmed. You could be static or your static could cause lightning storm. Whether it's lions or it's onion or your core contains all types of raw, that friction that you feel that's an igniting force. So light the torch if we can't see it in ourselves, then what is brightness for? We do those closest to us a disservice. If we only ever let them see the small of us. If we can open up enough to let them get beneath the surface, there's so much more to love. If we can show them all of us. The flaws in us, the force of us, the full on awe of us, the rise and fall of us, the wise and fall in us, yes, all of us, the fine and coarse of us, the fine print in the claws of us, the fire imprinted in our blood cells as they course in us, it's all in us, the times others have thought of us, the times they fought for us, because if anyone's worth fighting for, of course it's us, it's always us, so call it what you want, there's something calling us. And I have caught enough of you to know that you're enough. Any boxes they may try and stop you with. Instead of building up a fort, let's make a rocket ship. Treat them as photos, not negatives developed into positives, but nothing more than simply a snapshot of things. Because all the best bits of your story are still yet to be unfurled. You are the caterpillar that becomes the butterfly that flaps its wings and causes an earthquake half around the world. You are amazing. And if they try to rain on your parade, let it remind you how much fun it is to party while it's raining. May you take up space and stay there. That was Harry Baker with the title poem of his show, which is touring until February, I believe, so look out for a date in a town near you. There are more brilliant poems, some German techno and anecdotes about running the London Marathon dressed as a falafel. So check it out if you get the chance. I look forward to reading your A to Z poems, so please send them to Poetry Nonstop at gmail.com or via the website poetrynonstop.com where you can find full details of this show and all the other episodes. Until next time, thank you for listening. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and keep writing.